This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is Let's Go There. Thanks for hanging out with us. It is Wednesday. We made it to the middle of the week. Oh, wow. So funny thing. You know, we had a whole discussion, like literally had a whole discussion with you all and you did not hear us until the alarm started blaring here in the studio. Um, but, you know, it's a live radio show. Hope, we hope you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> and the big question is, even though some people are working from home still or going to the office hybrid, have you started dressing better again or are you still in your casual wear that you got used to wearing? What about, I mean, let's ask you. Do you feel like this you're dressing is, better? Shut up. <laughs> the I today I actually was like, okay, I'm gonna put on jeans. Okay. Which is a big deal versus leggings or just a yes, something I deal. throw over like a mumu of some sort. Uh, you know, comfy beach vibes. Right. And I actually wore a little bit of a heel. So for me, this was so a moment. Today she did something. I did something. No, I didn't do my makeup though. Oh, are you here? <laughs> I didn't mean like that, but you Well, know. no, I did just take a shower and just yeah. like, I did it air dry. Yesterday she came right fresh out of her jog. She didn't care that we were in an enclosed <laughs> it's space. Called with no windows. Taking advantage she of time. Feel, she didn't care that she was sweaty and she walked into the <laughs> studio. We could all, and she wears a natural deodorant. It's a good one and it actually can't. works. Okay, there's, that is not There's fair. just been so many conversations about, you know, um, you know, a lot of white people just not bathing. Oh, blame it on the white and people. So, no, seriously. I mean, Kristen, Kristen Bell, Dax Shepard, Mila Kunis, Austin Kutcher, all have said that they don't either bathe their children, they don't bathe themselves. It's just really strange in these streets, but <laughs> we're going to get to it one day. We'll figure it we out. Will. But coming up on the show, why tech is making it harder to be a moral person. That's at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. And Simone Biles has revealed the real reason she dropped out of the Olympics. That's in the T-Report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. The World Health Organization Director General Dr. Tedros is calling for a temporary moratorium on COVID vaccine booster shots. I understand the concern of all governments to protect their people from the Delta variant. But we cannot and we should not accept countries that have already used most of the global supply of vaccines, using even more of it, while the world's most vulnerable people remain unprotected. Okay, well, we'll be discussing more around the variants, these booster shots. You can always 
get that information right here. We have infectious diseases experts that join us every single day. Let's move on to former President Barack Obama's big birthday bash that was planned over the weekend, celebrating his 60th. Well, after a lot of online debate and chatter, he slashed the guest list amid concerns around the COVID-19 Delta variant. You know, some of the hundreds of guests had already arrived or were on their way. That sucks. To Martha's Vineyard for the Saturday party when Obama canceled and transformed it into a gathering for family and close friends. There was going to be more than 400 people originally there. Former administration officials, celebrities, Democratic Party donors, and even a coronavirus coordinator who was going to collect proof of vaccination and negative COVID-19 tests. Other big names like Oprah and Steven Spielberg. So I wonder who he kept on the list. I feel like Oprah made it, made the list. Duh, but also Oprah can hang out with them whenever she wants. That's true. And uh, finally, thousands of Spirit Airlines and American Airlines passengers have faced cancellations and delays as of yesterday. A Spirit spokesperson told ABC News the ca- ABC News the cancellations are the result of a perfect storm, blaming weather, staffing shortages, and crews reaching the hour limits where they are legally able to fly. And so, yeah, if uh, you had to fly, maybe you got canceled and rescheduled, or you might want to watch out. Uh, what you're scheduling for your next flight. My turn. Because it's uh, scary out there in the air. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. Simone Biles revealed the real reason why she dropped out of the Olympics earlier this week. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Simone, who returned to competition after a week due to mental health concerns, won a bronze medal on the balance beam yesterday. Uh, Wait, is today Wednesday? So Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday. During a press conference afterward, um, the 24-year-old told reporters about the loss of her aunt on her father's side. Um, She said this, at the end of the day, people don't understand what we are going through. Two days ago, I woke up and my aunt unexpectedly passed and it wasn't any easier being here Mm. at the Olympic Games. Okay. Let's put a period there. That's the real reason why she 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 dropped out because she had to. She just lost someone who was close to her who died. You know, it was a family member. And so all those people, Piers Morgan and all those folks who had something to say saying that she dropped out because she was afraid to lose, it's wrong. She had mental health issues and she said this, people have to realize that at the end of the day, we're humans. We're not just entertainment. There are things going on behind the scenes that people have no idea to. Uh, no, no, I no idea about. But yeah, yeah. it's I mean, intense. I just think it just shows that you don't know what's happening to anyone, right, behind the scenes. Someone could snap at you. Someone could do this, this, that. That's why you can't take things personally. And you got to let people just be th- themselves. Obviously, not ho- ho- hopefully horrible to you. But you really don't know what someone's going through. we got to have some more compassion. Yeah, but it's different because it felt like, especially when it comes to black women in sports, Mm -hmm. everyone wants to dog them. Everyone wants to call them out of their name. Everyone wants to say something negative about them. And I I hate to see that. I hate that she has to go through that. And And um, explain yourself. She shouldn't have to. She didn't need to tell us that her, her aunt died. Maybe she's probably not even ready because at this point she's grieving. So, yeah, that's your team report. I got more coming up next hour. Well, next up on the show, what will back to school look like as the Delta variant increases? Politico joins us for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
As schools are coming back very soon and opening back up, there continues to be changes as we are now dealing with these COVID variants. Here to share more is Juan Perez Jr., an education reporter for Politico Pro. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, let's get into this because there is so much going on here. What are the current regulations going into the school year from the CDC? And is it coming from the federal level? So that's a good question. There are a whole lot of regulations across the country right now, depending on where you look. You're right. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have some regulations. No, I, would, I wouldn't call them regulations. I would call them recommendations that they have for schools to follow. Um, one of the biggest items on that list includes universal masking inside of schools, regardless of whether kids are vaccinated, right? That's the big one that just came out a couple days ago, and it's generated a lot of controversy. The thing is, though, that there's a whole lot of decisions being made at the state level and at the local level that uh, don't exactly align with what the federal government or what even other public health officials are kind of saying about what schools ought to be doing. Yeah, we're really seeing a Republican leadership kind of retaliate against schools. Can you talk a little bit about that and like uh, specifically what's happening in Texas? Let me start with a little bit of an overview about public opinion here, all right? All right. A national poll that Morning Consult and Politico did just last weekend concluded that a combined 68% of voters voiced support for fully reopening elementary and high schools at the beginning of this coming school year. That's a significant majority, right? And health experts and President Joe Biden's administration uh, are basically on the same page here. They agree that school needs to reopen. Um, But reopening is so, so complicated this year. The key reasons for that are this really contagious Delta variant. Um, There's a large group of children and teens out there who either aren't eligible for vaccines yet or haven't received doses. And then there's a little bit of what you're talking about here, which is just this scattered array of state and local responses to the threat. So this is actually getting pretty interesting in several states that have straight up and schools from requiring masks inside of schools. Um, it's actually a really significant issue that a, a lot of people are starting to push back on, especially in Arizona, uh, a little bit in Texas. Uh, think about it this way. There's 14 states out there where just 30% or fewer of eligible children have received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. That's still pretty low. Yeah, and every state is uh, looking at the mask mandates differently and approaching COVID differently. What are the teachers saying right now? So that's that's a good question. Right now, the teachers, specifically teachers unions, have been targets of a, of a lot of controversy recently, especially from Republicans and conservatives and just a lot of frustrated parents out there who accuse the unions of having kind of like um, impeded school reopening over the course of the past year. Right now, where the unions are at is they're really backing the Biden administration's plans to spend a whole lot of money on helping schools get reopened. They're backing the Biden administration's calls for uh, masks in schools. And where it gets a little bit complicated is where they're talking about vaccines. Um, the two major teachers unions in this country, the American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association, haven't supported the idea of vaccine mandates for their workers, but they've really been trying to push the idea of encouraging vaccination among students and among adults in the classroom and in the school building. 
but it's been a pretty complicated like messaging battle for all of them. You know what I mean? No, for sure. Where does this battle go? Because at this point, kids are going to have to go back to school, but we also don't want kids to, to catch COVID and bring them back home to, to parents as we've seen these different variants and just the levels of cases that are increasing, increasing. So what, what's really kind of the plan here? What, what are we going to see moving forward? Man, I wish I knew the answer to that for sure. I need what you I to be a psychic. That... I need you to be a psychic, please. Okay, all right. All right, I'm going to pull out the crystal ball here for a minute. I mean, what I can tell you right now is that we're like a year and a half into this pandemic, right? But there's still no real consensus across the board, across states and local governments about how to keep students and staff safe. So you've got a lot of local school leaders who are really getting caught in the middle of all of this. And they're trying to build protections that are sometimes based as much on local politics as they are on public health. And this is getting pretty ugly. I mean, Mm -hmm. some of you have no doubt seen some of these videos out there of angry parents at school board meetings. There's so much online chatter that's really getting beyond heated. I've even heard one allegation of a school superintendent who allegedly received a death threat from a resident who was upset about a mask mandate. Wow, really? Over a mask? Really? That's insane. And and amid all of this, the virus is still out there. and, And I don't get the sense that these debates are going to slow down anytime soon. That puts educators under a lot of pressure, and that puts parents under a lot of pressure, too, as they try to figure out how to contend with a disease that's way more contagious than last year's version. And there's still a lot of kids out there who, um, again, like we said, aren't, aren't vaccinated yet. Hmm. So I won't be having kids anytime soon. Well, <laughs> no. thank you so much for this and for the update. That was Juan Perez, junior education reporter for Politico Pro. For real, this makes me rethink having kids. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So we just talked about Governor Andrew Cuomo and these sexual harassment allegations. It's getting even worse. But then what also makes it awkward is that Chris Cuomo is his brother, right? He's also a CNN anchor. 
reporting about the news. So imagine having to report about your brother. And it was, by the way, fun when Andrew Cuomo was like the life of the party, when everyone loved him. Now, not so much. Who loved him besides well, Chelsea Handler wait. and you? <laughs> There was, there was a, a point. There's a similarity there not on who loved him. Two white women. Yes. <laughs> no, like, I what know. Was attractive about like I don't. There get was it. just well at the time he was handling COVID well. New York was hit. Was and he? he was yeah at the time. Well, until everything else came out. All the news came I'm out. I'm saying at the time. I'm just so at saying. the time when everyone was kind of celebrating him and they felt like he was being a good leader because in comparison to our other leader, you know, it was easy for anyone else to, to find be better. out he's the same person. So wait, wait. There's so many other corners and cracks you're going into. So I'm, I'm just presenting the entire, you know, conversation. What I think is interesting is it was easy to have him on. Like, they would be on as brothers, and people thought, oh, this is just entertaining. But the minute something bad happens, it's like, okay, I don't want to report about this. One, because it would be biased. But he did that. Chris Cuomo did that the entire time when, because this is the first time uh, the other Cuomo is in trouble, was in trouble. Or, you know, it's it, ever it, you since... thought that Chris Cuomo was going to say something. So this is not the yeah. first time this has happened. It... And I'm not really shocked that he's he's kind of not saying anything, Me even either. though he's a journalist and he probably should. It's ever since uh, the whole thing came out about the investigation that they didn't um, reveal the data of the deaths from the senior citizens' homes and then, of course, the sexual harassment allegations. When that yeah. all started six months ago is when Chris kind of was like, okay, this I don't want to be part of this anymore. Which I understand because it can be, it can be you know, difficult um, with the blurred lines that are there. Um, but I also feel that you got a job to do. And for you to have a primetime show and not mention anything about it, when you flip the TV station and everyone else is talking about it, and the president literally just called for your brother to resign, girl. So let's play Meghan McCain on the view what she had to say about all of this. You want to talk about nepotism? Not having to talk about the biggest scandal in the country when it, it has to do with your brother and you're hosting CNN. That's nepotism. The Cuomo family and CNN are the worst kinds of nepotism that the media has an example of. If it were my brother, if my brother were somehow the governor and he had been accused of this, you are damn straight I'd be talking about it on The View this morning. And that makes all of them cowards. Oh, all right. It was all bull****. <laughs> Girl, the, the irony of her talking about nepotism when she's a product of it. Yeah, and for her not to even, I mean, she not to bring up the fact like, well, she, she her career was built because of her family That's and her dad. That's what nepotism is. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally, you just redefined Dictionary.com. <laughs> like, you just literally redefined it. No, it's, um, it, it's really funny to, to see her have all that energy. Um, and here's the thing, she's not lying. I totally agree with her point that was made. She, it is, it, they should be speaking about it. Chris Cuomo should be speaking about it. Um, but girl, look, in, look yourself in the mirror as well, because it's like that meme on Twitter or online where you see the both Spider-Mans pointing at each other. It's like you're literally sister, sister. The same so people. yeah, here's the thing. You would think, okay, yeah, you're a professional journalist, all that stuff. In the end, he's still a human. And I do think he recognizes he'd rather cover it properly. And if he knows he can't... He, I do believe than just don't. What do, do it you at mean? All. There's a he's a human. He's a, a human would have human more puts family empathy first. and compassion to the eleven women who have come out and and being abused or sexually assaulted by his brother. I'm sorry. When does family first kind of end? When there's eleven women that have spoken out about the 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 creepiness of your brother? 
Maybe this has always been going on, and maybe this is something that the Cuomo brothers do together. Oh, now, just, no, now that's getting extreme. Saying, that's not getting extreme because birds of a feather flock well, together. We, we don't know there's, this. There's, of course we don't, but I'm just saying we can't just be like family and blood matters. Well, no, Are you but, saying that same thing if your brother murdered someone oh or sexually assaulted someone? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, and to be transparent, my brother has dealt with no, but I'm, but he has done dealt with that in the past, and I've, I um I've been aware of like could if that ever came up or we I had to report about it, what would happen? And I would have to be real. You and actually, have to report I was it. I was uh, working at um, NBC News. We have to wrap up, but um, not NBC I News. I was working at a show called LXTV years uh. ago. We did an interview with my brother, and I did have to ask him about that. And mm. it would be, it was, even though it was a lifestyle show, like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. but, it's, but look, you, um, you know, yeah, it was an exclusive in the way, but you know, he's talked openly about it and he would know, I would hope, respect the fact that I would have to report about these things. Well, I, I just think that we have to reexamine what that line looks like because when it's, it's not just one woman, it's not two women, it is 11 different women who have spoken out, who are speaking out anonymously and some speaking out in public about their experience with this this man. And yes, it's his brother, but he should most and definitely in the end, be speaking I d- out about I it. I do think um, as, uh, as a voice, as a public figure, one, like, you always have to trust the victims. You always have to side, I, I do believe, side with the victims and then say, of course, if we discover, you know, whatever we discover, there needs to be accountability. You talking about due process? Or do- like, you talking about like, if we discover that it's not true or if we discover that it is true well, and- there, there if it's true, there needs to be accountability, he whatever that resign. means. Yeah. And he needs to be honestly impeached. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because actually I was listening. I know we got to wrap really quickly. I was just listening to a podcast. Um, uh, I, I think it was I, it was either The Daily or um, The New York Times The Daily or What a Day by Crooked Media. Yeah. And they were talking about how this, uh, you know, a lot of the major states, they get all the media play, but there's a state in Minnesota, a mayor um, who, he's a mayor or governor who had a whole bunch of sexual assault claims as well, but he decided that guess what? He's running for Senate right now. Mm-hmm. So he's going through the same thing, but we don't know about it because it's in Minnesota. I'm sure it's happening everywhere. (laughs) But it's happening everywhere. And so that's an issue where I'm just like, we got to change that seriously. Yeah, the process of who we're going to defend or who, what, like, what rights are we looking out for? I'm sorry. Family don't mean nothing to me if y'all out here committing crimes and stuff. Sorry, sis. Well, let us know. Enjoy prison food. What you think about all this at LGT Show. Next up, Kathy Griffin's post-surgery update. What she had to share next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Next up on the show, of course, we've got some more music here on Channel Q, but we're bringing you the news you need to know today. Well, speaking of news you need to know, I just made the announcement just a few seconds ago. I'm giving up dairy. Breaking news. You know, I think I'm lactose intolerant. I think I really am. You know, I always wanted to take one of those... um, Allergy tests? Yeah. You should. Why don't you just make an appointment today? How do you do that? You, you just ask your doctor? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like one of those like subscription box tests. No, I'm sure there's that too. But no, you just ask your doctor and they'll give you refer you to maybe another do- an allergy specialist. Wow, that sounds like money. The more you know. It's under, usually, I think it's under insurance. Well, is our insurance good? <laughs> anyway, these are the really entertaining conversations we have. 
But these are like adulting oh, conversations. Well, I was where thinking like, about it. Learn I, how to take care well, of yourself. Well, you know, I, I, we all know I'm working out and stuff, and um, I'm trying to slowly get rid of certain things. Like, oh, I was like, like what? Like, we're, like you're getting rid of your weight. <laughs> you're like, I'm getting rid of things. Yep, it's, uh, my weight's going to be on a garage sale outside. <laughs> it's I'm selling it for $5. <laughs> oh, come on. You're worth more than that. But coming up on the show, is technology making us less empathetic? What uh, some experts have to say in 30 minutes. Plus, true. a female pop star who just became a billionaire. We'll tell you who in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is expected to seek authorization to make COVID-19 vaccines mandatory for all active duty troops as soon as this week. And that follows President Biden's directive that the military examine how and when it could make that happen. If they make that recommendation, he would seek a presidential waiver to allow it to be administered to troops. And yeah, so that's happening as we see more and more parts of the government make it mandatory to have uh, not just masks, but now vaccines. And here is Governor Phil Murphy, who is a Democrat, yelling at anti-vax protesters. Please get vaccinated. Period. These folks back there have lost their mind. You've lost your minds. You are the ultimate knuckleheads. And because of what you are saying and standing for, people are losing their life. People are losing their life. And you have to know that. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Right. He said that during a, a public bill signing. Went into that. I mean, it's hard not to get into the meat of the matter, at, even if you're at an event that has nothing to do with COVID. I know you are lying. My T-report just changed. Something just major happened. Okay. So, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Finally, this is change. kind of part of T, but Kathy Griffin shared an update on her health. A uh, day after going public with her lung cancer diagnosis and plans to have surgery, Griffin posted her, on her official Instagram account about where she is now. She said, wow, I'm so grateful for all the love you guys are sending me. Surgery went well yesterday. You. Uh, and in her initial announcement on Monday, Griffin, who said she had never smoked, was positive about her prognosis. She said her doctors are very optimistic that the cancer is stage one and contained to her left lung. So we are wishing her well and a quick recovery. And that was some what's trending this hour. So what's breaking in the tea? So maybe we'll do our original one. I'll tell you who that female pop star billionaire is in our Yes Queen because, you know, pretty iconic for her. But right now, I just saw, I was scrolling on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus has jumped in on this whole situation. I saw that before. Situation. I saw that before. And she has a response. And, and it's kind of upsetting me. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So she just posted on her Instagram a, a statement about the whole this baby thing. If you're not familiar with who baby is, he is not really a baby. Um, first yeah. moment. Um, two, he is a rapper who uh, at Rolling Loud Festival in Miami said some very homophobic, um, ignorant uh, statements about AIDS and HIV and um, really kind of has doubled down on it and then had an apology when he started losing gigs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Miley Cyrus released a statement saying, as a proud and loyal member of the LGBTQIA plus community, much of my life has been dedicated to encouraging love, acceptance, and open mindfulness. 
The internet can fuel a lot of anger and hate and is the nucleus of cancel culture, but I believe it can also be a place filled with education, conversation, communication, and connection. It's easier to cancel someone than to find the forgiveness and compassion in ourselves or take the time to change hearts and minds. There's no more room for division. If we want to keep seeing progress, knowledge is power. I know I still have so much to learn. Hmm. Miley told uh, in the caption said, add to baby, check your DMs. We'd love to talk and see how uh, we can learn from each other and help be a part of making a more just and understanding future. Here's the reason why this pisses me off. I just want people to stay in their lane. I love that she's she's a part of this community for sure. I'm not negating that. But there's a, such a nuance when it comes to um, hip hop and to black queer folks and to the uh, black LGBTQ folks um, mm-hmm. in general that I feel like it's not just about this idea of cancel culture. It's about someone in a, in a in a, a place um, in an industry that is fuel nothing but homophobia, transphobia, all the phobias, and it's not just simple for them to just have one conversation. They're all forgiven. Oh yeah, the baby. He also doubled down on his his um, his initial statement. Apparently, he was supposed to release a video of him apologizing um, to like stop all of his um, his gigs from losing, but he never turned one in. There's so many things that he's done to prove that he is not at a place where he wants to come to the red table talk. And for me, that's why maybe that's who's gonna have him. That's on, why the these, red table talk. It's but it's also none of their business. Like that's Unless the they thing. bring in someone you, this is, in this, the community to. It's this is something that it it just feels like uh, you know a lot of people are wanting to kind of wrap this up as another uh, effect of cancel culture. No, this is beyond. And this is not that. And so for me, that was a little bit of a breaking news T report. Sorry, I'm so passionate about it. But uh, we got more coming up next hour. Get into it. Love that. Well, don't love it. But thank you for your passion and for sharing and informing us. <laughs> thank you for your passion. Thank you. Next up, uh, why are boomer parents on their phones literally all the time? Are you a boomer? Are you yes. on your phone? We're here to help. And if you have a boomer in your life, we're here to help too. That's next. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. It's an assumption that millennials and Gen Z are always on their phones, but guess what? Boomers seem to be jumping in, too, on the distracted bandwagon. And here to talk more about this is Dr. Tara Bates-Dufour, who's a therapist. Thanks for being here today. 
Hi, thank you for having me. So is it true that boomers are on their phones more now than before? What's happened? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's the reasoning behind this? Yeah. They're actually using their phones at an escalating rate. Um, We're almost at the same place as millennials now. My first question is, it iPhones or Samsungs? Um, no, I, that's not a real question. But I, I do want to know, why do you feel, why do you think they're, as, like, it's increased so much? Why are boomers so kind of into the tech space now? You know what? It's for a variety of reasons. A lot of um, boomers are actually using their phone for news updates. Everyone wants to stay you know, abreast of everything going on in the news, pandemic, social unrest, but also because they, they want to be able to identify the new techniques with work. They want to stay abreast of that because boomers are not particularly um, skillful with computer skills. So they're really trying to know exactly what's happening in the workplace. They'll check their emails multiple times to make sure that they're as current about what's going on at work as possible. And also you have those relaxing games, those Candy Crush games. So we may use our phones differently. However, we're using it just as much. Yeah, and I feel like also to keep up with their kids possibly, including during the pandemic, a lot of families were separated, oh, right? And so they're um, following the feeds, absolutely. they're posting um, and, and getting, you know, connecting with their friends on Facebook. Uh, but how is this impacting their, I guess, their behavior? Because I know how much being on our phones impacts us um, in terms of our mental health. Is it the same with boomers? Actually, it is. Um, they're becoming more and more distracted, more and more um, physically present and emotionally absent. Um, there are times when we all read our phones and something may, you know, come up that's really kind of touches us. So we're thinking about that while we're physically there. And sometimes when we have time with our children or when we have to go to meaningful events, we're not emotionally there. Our mind is still on what we may have read in the news, some sort of um, sad information we received, but it's causing us to be become disconnected from the people that are closest to us. So well, one thing that I, I feel like is popping up for me in this conversation is the um, the misinformation moment oh, yeah. about everything, right? I, I feel like yeah. depending on how tech-savvy boomers are, and I don't know, does boomers feel like a slur to you? It kind of feels like, <laughs> you know, it kind of feels so intense. So of a certain generation, I, I feel like it's mm-hmm. it's more ex- uh, accessible for them to fall into the misinformation kind of hole of it all. And so is that something that you're seeing as well when it comes to are boomers able to decide, oh, is, is this is the right information versus what's not the right information? You know what I'm finding? That they're looking at multiple sites because there's a lot of misinformation. And just to kind of be certain about the information that they're receiving, they're looking at it on like Yahoo News, MSN News. They're looking at the same stories, maybe trying to gauge more information or to do a comparative of the information that they received. Okay. What could I do to make it so my mom's more present and not always taking pictures on her phone of of everyone's food while we're at dinner? It's getting annoying. Actually, she is asking for herself because she is a boomer, if you did not know. 
you know what? The same thing applies. Sometimes we have to drive it home and say, hey, I'm here. Sure, I, I understand you want to take pictures and you want to remember these moments, but you can't remember a, a moment that you weren't actually present for. Are you using the pictures as a reminder? We're not communicating. We're not talking. So the pictures don't really help. Yeah. I, I, Ask I, I, the pictures for me or the pictures for them. I got to tell that to my mom. She actually does listen to the podcast. I love you, Mom. Sorry, I didn't want to pick on you. You know, the main thing I just want um, boomers to realize is, like, if I FaceTime you, I don't need your chin in the FaceTime camera. That's really what I want as and out of the conversation. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us. For, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that she just figured out how to call me. Um, but thank you so much for joining us for this convo. Yep. That was uh, Dr. You. Dr. Tara Bates Dufour, who is a therapist. Have a great rest of your, of your day. Next next up on the show, is technology making us less empathetic? It's kind of ironic how you just made fun of uh, your mom for the angle of FaceTime. And now, I would make fun where's of the empathy? On a, on a regular day. All right. Well, we're going to be getting into what to do about that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we just talked about how tech and phones can distract us generationally across the board. It's not just the millennials and Gen Z, but the boomers too who are impacted. But the question is, as we go deeper, does this all make us less ethical, right? And what are the implications of this? Beverly McGuire joins us right now, a professor of East Asian religions at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Why is the ethical angle of this an important one? And maybe something that people aren't necessarily talking about as much right now. So I think we don't really associate our tech, our digital devices as being ethical, as having any kind of impact on the way we are with other people. But the fact is that because we are so distracted by our digital devices, it really impacts the way that we interact with others, our environment, or how we don't interact with others in our environment if we're too focused on those digital devices. You know, I'm kind of conflicted about a conversation like this because it kind of insinuates that we were, as humans, perfect, not perfect, but just like we were good people from the start. We weren't. <laughs> right. And so for me, is this kind of just pawning off another excuse to, to explain yeah, why no. we all suck? No, and it's not that we suck. It's just that I don't I know think I don't suck. understand. Right. So, but I don't know if we really understand the, the way that our digital devices are designed to focus our attention on them. And so it's not that we suck. It's just that our devices want our attention focused on things other than people that are right beside us, where we are those sorts of things. And so it's not that we're bad people. It's just our devices tend to draw our attention to things other than other people around us, the relationships that we have, even things that we hold valuable, like our family, our friends. Mm -hmm. We can find ourselves distracted even if we you know, really value those friendships and those relationships with our loved ones. Yeah, it becomes, so if you're, if already society is not so good, we can do better. It becomes a weapon to even be worse to ourselves and each other. And also I feel like this idea as, as bad stuff happens around us, this capturing of it also brings up a lot of ethical issues of like taking action and doing something about something versus just capturing it to go viral. And like the extent or what we will do to go viral and get those followers is also an ethical question. 
Exactly. And I don't know if people necessarily think about that, about the implications of that when they're posting things online. What's the history behind moral attention? Because this is talked about in this article that you're part of. Like, what does moral attention even mean? So it means the degree to which we focus our attention on morally salient information around us. It could be another person. It could be where we are in that moment. Anything that has ethical implications, and typically it involves people other than just ourselves. And so moral attention really goes back to this philosopher, Simone Weil, who talked about the importance of basically emptying yourself, not focusing on yourself so that you can focus on others, be it another person, be it the environment that you're in. And that's sort of what it traces back to in terms of the tradition of moral attention. But there are also in Buddhism and other East Asian traditions, this this attention towards being present in the moment and aware of what's going on around you, and that being really significant and having an ethical dimension to it. Yes. So all of that sounds great. Um, I I do wonder, um, because I think it's really interesting, Where's the accountability fall? Because is it is it on social media, tech companies on, you know, creating uh, this kind of these softwares or these apps where everything is based off of the followers and the likes and you see everything that kind of happens and how that's been embedded in society. I just wonder, it doesn't seem like this is going to change at any point. Social media is not going anywhere. So who who takes accountability, you know, for us becoming less empath, like empathetic? Well, I think Seagal, who is the journalist who wrote this article, and I both agree that it doesn't, all, it doesn't fall on the individual alone. It falls on both the companies that create these digital technologies and us in the sense that you can create a digital technology that isn't solely designed to keep your attention focused on your digital device, that gives you an out, that doesn't make you dependent or really like kind of going, continually going back because of notifications and all these other sort of dimensions of digital technology. But it also is upon us. We develop digital habits unbeknownst to us. And then we find ourselves checking our digital devices instead of really being aware of our surroundings or who we're with. And so I think it's both. The responsibility is not only on us, but the companies that design the software to think about the impact that their technology has in terms of our us and our relationships with others. Definitely. Well, that was Beverly McGuire, professor of East Asian religions at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Thanks so much for being with us. Really interesting. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Making us look at things differently, that's for sure. Next up, what is sex selection and how it may impact the future of gender right after this break? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So there's something called sex selection where, you know, some countries have a an amount of boys versus girls that they want you to have. So they'll actually force someone to have an abortion based on the predicted sex of the baby. Isn't that, that's, it's crazy and horrible and it actually should be illegal, but it leans towards males. So pe- people like um, in China and India has enforced this since the 1970s. And because of this, the male to female ratio has risen in the 12 countries, um, including those. And there's a predicted increase in this ratio in 17 other countries, including Afghanistan and Nigeria. So that's what sex selection is all about. But if this continues, Ryan, it would result in a shortage of more than 4.7 million female births between 2021 and 2030. That could hit 22 million by 2100. 
So, yeah. Wow. I mean, that is actually huge kind of news to, to kind of be reported because it, it just feels like um, we see the lack of... Uh, I mean, we honestly see the 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 differences when it comes to misogyny and how it plays into all of our societies. Um, but I don't know. I, it, it's really sad to to know that even with modern medicine and being able to pick your gender, like you can you can literally pick a if you want a boy egg or a, a, you know a girl egg, you can pick all these things that exist in this binary form um, and. It's just insane to know that it could have a huge impact on women. Well, that and then the repercussions of when you have less women, like it's been shown everywhere that and if, I guess if we women say are cis given, yeah, women. cis women, yeah, uh, cis women, it, the more cis women or and whoever identifies as women who are empowered mm-hmm. in a culture or society, they actually see an increase in the economy, like the economy is boosted. Edu- right. Like uh, obviously there's more equality. There's more, I don't know. It, it just impacts the society in a positive way. So if there are less women around, yeah. what happens? And also it's reported in places like China where because there's not as many women, they need to like buy dolls to be women or have like AI, I mean, AI to be in a relationship. Uh, like this is getting weird. If you really need women around, then allow people and allow women to exist. Do you know what I hope? Honestly, I mean, obviously, because there is a, a physical element when it comes to when you're talking about reproductions and all these things oh, yeah. like that to keep that, keep humanity kind of float like a float. Um, but I also kind of really want to, um, and this may be a side note, but I kind of really want to, I hope in the future we get rid of all the binary systems. Of course, but it's going to take a long time when you can't even have equality in general, even in the binary, right? Mm-hmm. And including in these like, these other countries where they're just so far behind so let us know what you think of all of this at LGT shows where you can find us on social media but next up the latest female pop star to become a billionaire that oh is, we're finally telling you yes we are telling you next on what's trending this hour let's go there with Shira and Ryan channel Q coming up the reason why you hate the way you look in every photo I mean are you one of those people because it seems like a lot of people don't like I think it's normal to take multiple photos. Well, that's in 15 minutes. We're going to be getting more into that. Plus, Jennifer Aniston is opening up about the anti-vax movement. Stick around for what she had to share in 40 minutes. But let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. Minnesota is going to let pregnant inmates serve sentences with their babies. And this is a new precedent. The Healthy Start Act allows pregnant mothers to serve their sentences in community alternatives such as halfway houses or addiction rehab centers. Now, according to MSNBC, after losing the 2020 presidential election, Mary Trump says she didn't think Donald Trump would run again in 2024. But now she says if Republicans keep rigging the system and Donald Trump gets the message that he can't lose and she's not so sure he will abstain. She told Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC that that is why Democrats, quote, can't keep playing by old rules because Republicans have burned the rule books. I agree. 
And finally, a drag queen's bar is getting vandalized and threatened by anti-LGBTQ and anti-vax social media trolls who are accusing the bar of being run by pedophiles because the owner wants her staff to get vaccinated. Um, I'm not going to get into what, what they tweeted because it's very inappropriate, uh, but it comes from the owner of the Panty Bar at in Dublin. Last month, Bliss announced that the bar would only offer outdoor service for several weeks since many of the employees had not yet gotten vaccinated since they are young adults. Closing indoor service for several weeks, she said, would give workers time to get vaccinated. Uh, that comes from at Panty Bliss. And yes, she got a ton of backlash from that. And Bliss told Pink News that threats turned violent and that she has shared them with police. She believed that one account on Twitter had been set up to organize a physical physical attack on the bar. And so just be careful out there. And I'm happy that she spoke out and something is being done. But I think we're going to see more of this happening, including as the Abbey in West Hollywood also announced that they won't be letting in folks who don't show a vaccination card or show a negative test. And that was some What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Well, yes, there is a new billionaire um, added to the club. But before we get into that, we also got to talk about other historic moments that have kind of happened, especially. Um, It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Rihanna, or Rihanna, if you want to pronounce it correctly, um, has just been the latest woman inducted into the Billionaire's Club. The outlet reported, um, Forbes actually reported that her net worth has shot above $1.7 billion, making her the richest female artist or musician in the world. Um, Forbes estimates that a whopping $1.4 billion of her earnings come from the beauty brand, followed by her lingerie company, Savage X Fenty, which is worth a reported $270 million. My thing is, I would find I'm finding it really interesting, and I wonder: Do you think people will start hating her because she's a billionaire? You know, people's relationships with mm-hmm. billionaires. I mean, people there will always be haters. Maybe someone will say something, but in the end, good on her. No, for sure, good on her. Also, Angela Bassett. She just made a historic deal on her show Nine One One. We all know Nine One One. Um, and she actually set the standard for women of color on network television. She said to make history with her pay raise for Fox's 911. Deadline shared the news of the salary bump that the whole cast got. But her, girl, she's making around $450,000 per episode. Literally, per episode. That is not only... Not only would that raise make her one of the highest paid actors on network television, but she also could become the highest paid woman of color uh, ever for a network drama. I mean, that's insane. $450,000 per episode. Now, let's take it back. Viola Davis and Kerry Washington, when they did Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder, they were reportedly making only near um, $250,000 per episode. And um, now, Viola apparently may have increased to nearly $450,000, but either way, this is a huge milestone and opened so many doors for actresses of color. And finally, since we do have a moment, can we talk about what's happening with Jeopardy? Wow, we're doing multiple stories here on the T-Report today. Yes. Well, we have some time. 
They um they came up with a host. Uh, well, apparently, so Variety has an exclusive. This guy named Mike Rogers, Richards, Richards, whatever. I don't care. Um, he is apparently in talks to becoming the new host of Jeopardy. He is an executive producer, um, of a lot of game show networks, but he's also executive producer of Jeopardy. Um, and apparently, he's now trying to make himself a host. So, I know Mike Richards. I co-hosted with him. Is that why you wanted to talk about this so you can name drop? <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I co-hosted on The Reels channel with him. He was a host there. And then he moved on and became the executive producer of the um, Drew Carey game show that he was part of. The Price is Right. Price is Right. He became the executive producer, relaunched that when it was like with Drew Carey for the next generation. And then I guess moved on from there to do Jeopardy. I mean, he's had a crazy career as an executive producer. And Damn, now coming back in front of the camera as a host. Like, how did that happen when you had all these po- high profile people like LeVar Burton, who should be getting the job, uh, auditioning? How did he finagle his way into it? Unless it's like a budget issue. Like, I don't get how this is happening. Uh, well, I get how it happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looks, Mike Richards looks exactly how you probably pictured him in your brain. Um, But also, Jeopardy asked the audience who they wanted to host. Everyone said LeVar Burton, and they went with this same regular thing that we see on all of these network shows. Either way, uh, that's your T-Report. Keep the conversation going at LGT Show Online always. And we got more T-Report coming up next hour. Well, next up on the show, we're getting into why you hate the way you look in all your photos. Maybe not every photo, but, you know, most of them. We can be our toughest critics. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Do you notice that you might hate the way you look in every photo? Well, it's actually because of science. Because actually, when you look at yourself in the mirror, because that's what we do all the time, do you think most of the time you look hot? You like? I feel like people most of the time will no, think they actually, look hotter in the mirror than they do in photos. I hate it when people take photos of me versus me taking photos of myself. Um, I just don't think, I don't know. I feel like other people's cameras betray me. Oh. Because I feel like they make me look uglier. And so we have to take all these things. I have to pose differently. And also, I'm awkward. Like, I don't know how to pose, really. Well, you see, I feel like when I pose for myself, like in the mirror, I'm like, oh, girl, you got it. And then the minute I see that same pose in a photo, I'm like, mm, yeah, it's not this is the same. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a science behind this of why our brain, it, our brain tricks us. But we're going to help you out right now so that not all, so you don't feel all your photos are bad. We're going to give you some confidence right now in terms of taking photos. We've got a TikTok star with us right now. David Saw, who's a 27-year-old photographer and who runs a pro bono posing school through his 3 million follower TikTok account. David, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. <laughs> so I know you're not going to, you're, you're, I'm not going to ask you about the science of it because you're not a scientist, mm. but mm-hmm. let's go through this posing school. Like, how did you get this started and why is it so needed right now? Well, I mean, I'm a portrait photographer and that's my trait. Like, that's what I do. That's my full-time career. It's my dream job and I love what I do. And I got on TikTok because I just wanted to share the joys of what I do because I love what I do right and something I provide to my clients is not just photographing them but creating a place where they can feel safe and confident 
I really specialize in working with the everyday people and the everyday women. And I realized I can't just toss them into the uh, unknown, uncharted waters of, you know, I mean, we've all felt it, right? Of like being stuck when the camera just comes up and you're like, oh, what do I do? It feels like there's a spotlight on us. And I realized to be able to help them, uh, guide them through that whole uh, fear factors by helping them how to pose, like teaching them how to pose and be in front of the camera. Wait, um, I kind of, I'm, looking, so I'm looking at your Instagram now and I kind of really want you to take my pictures um, because it seems, <laughs> I think <laughs> that, there's something uh, um, that can be a little overwhelming when you're getting behind the camera and you're, you know, getting photos taken of you that g- could really trigger someone and their self-esteem. So how do you For make sure. your people, the people that you, you know, shoot, how do you make them comfortable? Well, honestly, you know, technically speaking, um, Again, going back to that uh, emotion, if we can kind of like go to that spot, like if, you know, a friend pulls up the camera and you're like, oh, what do I do? Like, it's because we're trying to take control almost of the whole like photo shoot. Yeah, it's like it's a very casual setting, but it's still like it's a quote unquote photo shoot, right? Whether you're outside lunch, you know, your friend taking a photo, if you're still a photo shoot and we're still, like you said earlier on, we're still used to when we take a selfie, we get to control every aspect of that photo shoot, which there's the photographer and the model. But in that case, we're bringing all of it at once. But, you know, when a friend's taking a photo of us, we're trying to like still take control of all of that. At the same time, there's millions of thoughts and insecurities, all these stuff, like negative thoughts going through our head. What do I look like? What does this look like? Um, but for me, with my clients, I give them directions for literally everything. I tell them from the beginning of the shoot, I have you from your toes to your brows. And when you start giving people like clear directions and guidance and positive affirmation, there's no more room in the head to start wondering what you're looking like. You're more so just following directions and um, trust is really important. I never take that for granted for my clients. And once they start trusting me, I give them more guidance and I show them the photos for proof and positive affirmations then, you know, at that point, you're just letting go of control and saying, damn, I'm just here to uh, enjoy the process and enjoy this photo shoot, feeling myself, feeling good, looking good. Yeah. So if they don't have someone like you around, what you're saying is, as a tip to folks, be a hype man, mm. right? A hype person. If you're taking <laughs> photos of your friend, hype them up because, yeah, you could yes. see in someone's and you have to be sincere about it. Right. That's why of you course. hear people go work it. Do this, do that. Don't ever say work it to me. Yeah. I, I did that to you, I think. I actually hate it every time you <laughs> well, do. Well, that's me why those pictures didn't and that's why well. and Yeah, that makes me but uncomfortable. Also, according to this article that you're in, in Vice, um, it's, I love how it said commit to work, to looking hot. Like, what does that even mean? Is it, <laughs> well, being is it, hot is subjective. Yeah, but is it also, I mean, what I thought about it is, is like, take care of yourself, right? Like, treat yourself like mm. a... Um, god or goddess and when you do take mm. take care of yourself whatever that means to each person that will reflect mm-hmm. through the pictures for sure and that's why i meant like giving guidance to my clients that lets them get into that like they let they get to let go of whatever control they they're trying to grab at and they get to really just be themselves right that's that's the part right like when we're in front of the camera when we freeze up or something else we want to be like this this hot person or this beautiful person that we are, that inherently we are, but if we're freezing up, that shows on camera. So for me, uh, what I'm trying to do for my clients is for them to really just 
feel themselves and look good and not worry about what's like the outcome. Because if they're having a good time, if they're feeling good, the byproduct of that is going to be great photos. Okay. So it's not just about sucking up. Like, you know, when like people like you're told, suck up. Well, my boyfriend tells me to stand up straight, suck it up. And it actually does make a difference, even though that sucks to say. Well, we got to go. Thank you so much, David, for joining us for this amazing conversation. Because oh, I'm really about to hit you up because I really do need photos. <laughs> Please do. Really really do. I'll be there for you. It's not about you, Shira. Where I'm can- asking for photos. <laughs> Where can people I'll find you, you, David? You can find me on David Saw at TikTok. All the tips are there. And then David Saw photo at Instagram as well. There you go. That was uh, David Saw, who has a posing school on TikTok. Check him out. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Jennifer Aniston is coming out about her thoughts about the Vax movement. The Friends alum revealed to InStyle magazine that she has cut ties with a few people who won't receive the vaccine. She said uh, during her InStyle September cover interview, there's still a large group of people who are anti-vaxxers or just... Uh, Don't listen to facts. It's a real shame. I've just lost a few people in my weekly routine who have refused or did not disclose whether or not they had been vaccinated, and it was unfortunate. Yeah, she added that it's a moral and professional obligation to inform people of the benefits of the vaccine, but acknowledge people have their own beliefs. And then uh, said it's tricky because everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but a lot of opinions don't feel based in anything except fear or propaganda. And she's been very vocal throughout the you know, pandemic. What? There's a. I think there's a line. When people say that everyone's allowed to have their own opinions, there's a line. When you're arguing against someone's humanity, your opinion is like about someone's humanity. And then also your opinion is like going against like hardcore science. I feel like it, it negates that it's an opinion because at that point it's just false, right? So when people argue and say, oh my God, you know, being homophobic, that's just their opinion. That's what they thats what they believe. It doesn't make them a bad person. No, you can't argue someone's humanity. You also can't argue what scientists are saying. I can understand you being weary about the misinformation out there and, and who to trust and all the, the ups and downs, roller coasters that we've been through when it came to like the CDC and Dr. Mm-hmm. Fauci and everything. But when there's hardcore science and people are dying, your opinion low-key kind of doesn't matter. It's just facts. There, it really is. There was a picture, like a meme, of like where where uh, people who got the vaccine get their information and it was like from the experts and all that. And then they're like either on their computers or they're watching TV, obviously, or watching something. And then um, they say where the anti-vaxxers get their information and it's like... Or there was a picture of a doctor and the other one was someone on their phone on the toilet. <laughs> like, that's why, like, I think that's a, a beautiful way of putting it because it's or a hilarious way of putting it because it is true. It's it's one of those things where it's like, how much can we continue to say, oh, well, it's, if it's your opinion, that's your opinion. No, it's literally false. It's wrong. And yes, you know, opinions are like buttholes. I was going to say there is a saying around that. But yeah, so I I think that Jennifer Aniston, like many people, I mean, Jennifer Aniston, like all of us, is dealing with the same thing that a lot of people are dealing with. Where happy she's standing up. Do you cut certain people out? I mean, yeah, personally, it is uncomfortable. If you're trying to stay safe, not just for yourself, but let's be clear for other people, you're still, you know, working in an, you know, we, we come to work, right? I live with someone who's older. I see my family. Someone sees their family. It's not just about, you know, everyone says, well, just watch out for you. You take care of you. I'll take care of me. That's not how the world works. We live in a world with other people. Unless you're a bubble boy, 
You know, what bubble. a reference. <laughs> well, what a reference. Unless you literally live in a little bubble. <laughs> What's your bubble? And you are like in a cabin in the woods and literally do not touch or anything you do. But like even that, like you, you being alive impacts the world. Like we cannot just... Our actions impact other things. That's how it works. No, it like, does. I, I, it does. And I just think it's irresponsible. And to be honest, we're going to start seeing more celebrities who are anti-vaxxers as more studios. And I feel like I said this earlier this week or last week. More studios and Netflix was one of the leading ones to say, as we go back into production on a lot of things, guess what? Every actor, every person on set, every crew member has to prove um, that they are vaccinated. If they're not, then you're not a part of the project. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot of people who are resting on that Fox News side, if you know what I mean. And it's going to be very interesting um, what that looks like in, in some of our faves who would be like, oh my God, they're anti-vax. We'll see. Well, let us know about uh, what you think about friends that haven't done it or friends that have done it. Whatever side you're on at LGT Show. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen, uh, yes Queen, uh, yes Queen. Uh, this one yes, goes. Queen. Okay. Yeah, it's a, a musical Yes Queen. Thank you. For a musical you themed one. Stomp on me. Tony Valentine Carter is a 66 year old pianist at Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport. And he was recently given the biggest tip of his life after a passenger waiting for his flight called on his Instagram followers to support the musician. Here's a clip from that Instagram post. Now, Carter plays piano every week from Monday to Thursday. And so this guy, Carlos Whitaker, who's a motivational speaker and also an author, little shout out, his book, Enter Wild. So he posted to his 200,000 followers saying, like, I'm so inspired by this guy's music. He's so passionate into it. I'm uh, I'm so drawn to him. We got to help him out because he puts his life into this music. So he basically said, let's put let's put our money together and raise money for him. And right away, within 30 minutes, they raised $10,000. By the time Whitaker jumped on his flight and landed, they had raised 61000 in donations for Carter. The power of social media. And this guy didn't have like a million followers or anything, like 200000 which is legit. But it shows like you can get people together to do something. And yeah, he says he was overwhelmed and he started crying again. So the power... To come together to make a difference for one person. Yeah, and if you want to donate, if every one of my followers gives me one dollar, <laughs> I would say it's like it is pretty simple, really. Uh, thirty-eight dollars. You get you would make thirty-eight thousand yeah. dollars. No, thirty-eight dollars. I wasn't going to. I was going to brag about how many, how many people are following me. Okay, you missed the joke. You just wanted to put it out there. Yeah. Well. All, all I can say is $1 can make a difference, whether it be for a musician that you see Text in, 615. The, in the airport or Ryan Mitchell here. Nine, six. <laughs> okay, that does it for our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen, uh, yes, Queen. Uh, if you yes, have queen. an inspirational story to share or someone that you want to nominate for our Yes Queen, Hit us up on social media at LGT Show. That also does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow here to entertain you with lots of great stuff. Of course, also some music here on Channel Q. But on tomorrow's show, 
We're going to be talking about what makes a person toxic, and we're going to be taking well, the test. Right on time. There's actually a test. So we're both going to be taking it tomorrow. That's oh, we are? Okay, yes. cool. Oh, my God. What if it shows that I'm toxic? Plus, <laughs> farmer's markets are starting to be essential sources for healthy food for both rich and the poor. For everyone, pretty much. Uh, what is the future of farmer's markets? That's on tomorrow's show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or our podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey... You better slay it. Stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.